I'm Donica Contour, and this is Naptime Devotionals, Episode 22, Jesus Christ Will Gather His People, Studying Doctrine and Covenants, Section 29. Welcome to Naptime Devotionals, a come-follow-me study for busy moms. I'm Donica Contour, your host. I'm a mom of four kids, wife of a high school theater teacher, and my favorite show to binge watch is Murder, She Wrote. All right, let's jump right in. So... The nature of God in Christ, I think in these particular um, scriptures, I felt like Heavenly Father really wants us to choose him, but he also wants it to be a choice, right? He doesn't necessarily want this to be something where we are compelled necessarily to choose him. Um, He wants us to choose him. Um, I was looking at 2 Nephi chapter 2, verse 16, and Doctrine and Covenants, section 29, verse 39. Um, And both have this thing about how Satan is a necessary part of God's plan. Um, And it's it's necessary. We have to have temptation. I think sometimes we forget um, that temptation is normal. Being tempted is normal. Um, it's whether or not you succumb to temptation. I mean, not that that's not normal as well, but, um, Christ was tempted, um, but he didn't succumb to the temptation, which makes him perfect. Um, whereas sometimes we succumb to the temptation and, um, but the temptation has to look good, right? Like, I think this is something that's so interesting is a lot of the times we look at temptation and we're like, but why does it look so fun? Like, it's so bad. Why does it look so fun? Well, it has to look fun. It has to look good. It has to look enjoyable. It has to look like the grass is greener on that side. Otherwise, it wouldn't be a temptation. You know, um, something I was never tempted by was cigarettes because my D.A.R.E. class when I was in elementary school did a really great job of painting a picture of just how gross cigarettes were. Like, we looked inside of a lung and, like, I remember the guy had a big jar of tar and was like, this is how much tar ends up in your lungs if you smoke for one year. And I just remember being so grossed out by all of it that cigarettes never looked appealing because I was just like, ew, gross. And so it was never a temptation. I don't, I don't win any points for being like, guess what? I never smoked because it was never a temptation. It was never something I was wanting to do. Um, Not eating all my Cadbury eggs in one day. That one's harder for me. Um, Okay. So, um, the next thing I wanted to talk about was how Christ wants what's best for us. I'm looking at Dr. Covenant's section 29, verses 5 and verse 25. Um, So, uh, I think sometimes... I think sometimes we tend... We tend to forget. Um, we we know that Christ is uh, a judge, and I think sometimes we tend to forget that he's also our advocate. Um, I love verse 25. It says, And not one hair, neither mote, shall be lost, for it is the workmanship of mine hand. Okay, I want you to think about this for a second, um, because I feel like most people do this. I don't think this is just a woman's problem. I think this is something everybody does. We look in the mirror and we see things we don't like. Oh, my thighs or my belly or 
you know, my shoulders, my arms, or you know, whatever it is, your face. Um, I struggled for a long time with my skin. Um, I've always had pretty, um, pretty bad acne growing up, and it's gotten not so bad as I've gotten older. Um, but it was something I struggled with for a long time. I just hated, hated my skin. And it's interesting to think about this in terms of like, I am the workmanship of God's hands. Like that changes the way that I feel about my body. It changes the way I look at it, right? I wouldn't go up to a temple and criticize the steeple or criticize the fountains or criticize what kind of windows they picked out. Like we go to a temple and every single temple is a little bit different and landscaping is a little bit different. And, um, the, you know, the way that they do the inside is different and we don't go in and we're like, Ugh, I hate that. Ugh, I hate that. We're just going and we feel the peace and we feel love and we look at it and we're like, what a beautiful place. What a beautiful place. I mean, sure. We have our favorite temples, but it's not necessarily, always because of the way they look, but more of what, you know, has we've experienced there. Um, or, um, occasionally it's the way they look. <laughs> um, there's some temples I think are just super gorgeous, but the point is like, we don't criticize a temple and we should be criticizing our bodies. And I want to take, um, go a little bit on a different direction with this, that God so let's look at verse five for a second. Lift up your hearts and be glad for I am in your midst and am your advocate with the father. And it is his good will to give you the kingdom. Now I want to go a little bit different on this than what it's saying, but I was thinking about, um, this story I heard actually two different stories in one story. Um, the girl, in the story, like she was, she was telling her story and, um, she was sexually assaulted and I won't go into the details of what happened, but essentially when she was leaving her house to go on this run, she was in, I think she said she was in college when it happened. She's leaving her house to go on a run and she felt very strongly. She, she should grab her phone before she leaves the house. Um, and so she started walking out and she's like, nah, I don't need my phone. I'm just going on a run. I'll be right back. And then she felt very strongly again, told, grab your phone. She's like, all right, I'll grab my phone. So she grabs her phone. And, um, like I said, I won't go into the details. Um, but essentially her phone ends up being vital in her being rescued, um, because she's able to call 911. And even though the assault still happens, um, she's able to call 911. They're on their way and, um, and she's able to be rescued. And, um, Another story that came to mind was a story of a man who, again, going on a run, I feel like running might be dangerous, but he's going on a run and, um, he's, they're staying in a cabin. They're out like in the middle of, I think he said he was in Colorado or I don't know. Um, maybe it was Utah, but he's going out for this run. And as he's about to leave, he gets this impression he should wear his running glasses and he's like, it's the middle, like it's early morning. It's still dark out. Like, why do I need my, my sunglasses, my running glasses? And he kind of ignores it. And then he gets again, grab your running glasses. And he's like, all right. So he grabs them, puts them on his face, 
The sun starts to rise and he goes for the run. He goes, oh, well, it is nice to have my glasses. Well, he ends up getting attacked by a bear. And one of the things that happens during his attack is the bear goes to claw him on the face and the claw gets caught in the glasses instead of his eye. And they said, um, the expert that they were talking to at the time, um, said that it was very possible or yeah, he had talked to an expert about it later. Um, it was very possible that he would have been killed without his glasses. He definitely would have lost an eye and it's very possible the claw would have gone all the way through and it just would have killed him. Um, so here's my question. Why? Right? The spirit warned both of these people, hey, grab this thing before you leave the house. Why not just be like, hey, don't leave the house. Don't don't go on your run today. Forget it. Terrible things will happen if you go on your run. Don't go on your run. Just stay home. Instead, the spirit was like, hey, grab this thing. Grab this thing that's going to be vital to your survival because you're going to be going through something pretty traumatic and pretty awful um, and, and I need you to survive. You need to survive this. And this is what you need to bring. And I was thinking about that a lot, um, in both of these cases. And I feel like sometimes we think about our trials and we think about our challenges as, um, as just kind of things that happen. And I think it's really important to note that everything I feel, everything has a purpose. And when I think about that, it brings peace for me um, because it means the chaos and the crazy has a purpose. It, it, it's important for some reason, even if I don't understand it right now, even if I don't understand it next year, even if I don't understand it in 10 years, it has a reason. It has a purpose um, because our God is a God of order. And so sometimes we're not told, hey, don't do this thing because you're going to go. It's going to be this incredible trial. It's going to be this traumatizing experience, we, Heavenly Father knows that this trial is coming. He knows the traumatizing experience is coming. And so he's giving us tools so we can make it out of it. We can make it out of there alive. Um, the lady that um, was sexually assaulted, she ended up creating, she ended up getting really into, um, I believe she said it was martial arts and she ended up like self-defense. Um, and she ended up creating a system. She taught one for a while and then she created her own um, that you can use to defend yourself if this happens. And she's helped thousands and thousands of people because of this. And she's told her story and she's gone through um, what she needs to, to heal and is able to turn this tragedy into a tool to be able to help other people and prevent this thing from happening again. Um, the man who was attacked by a bear... Um, actually, I think I was listening to it in a talk. I think he was, he was talking about it and he showed, um, if you don't already go listen to our turtle house, go get the app. And I think it's in one of those, um, one of the devotionals, it's the guy and he talks about it and he shows the glasses. Like he has a picture of them and like, you can see the claw mark. Like it's pretty, it's pretty crazy. Um, and so he shares this about, you know, how, how it, you know, it was a huge changing, changed a lot of things for him in his life. Um, so I think sometimes our trials are necessary for us to become the people Heavenly Father wants us to be, to enact the change that he knows we're capable of. Um, they give us the tools they, or, or they give us the experience or they give us the motivation. Um, and I think sometimes 
obviously we don't necessarily think about that in the moment of the trial. Um, sometimes that comes with hindsight and occasionally it does happen while we're in the midst of the trial. Um, but in terms of plans, let's move on to um, plan of salvation. Moses chapter 5 verses 10 and 11. Um, I think it's important also to note that mistakes were always part of the plan. It was always part of the plan because without our mistakes, without our sins, without our transgressions, we have no reason to come unto Christ. If we floated through life and made the right choice every single time, we would have no relationship with Christ because we wouldn't, we wouldn't need to beg for that forgiveness. We wouldn't be broken. We wouldn't need that healing power, that um, oh, what is the word I want? The balm, you know, the soothing balm that he offers us. We wouldn't have that and we wouldn't, we, or we would have it, but we wouldn't need it if we didn't sin, if we didn't have transgression. Um, I was talking to my husband about this the other day about how, you know, um, Eve ate of the fruit. Right. And we don't ever, at least I don't, I never have thought of Eve and been like, Eve, why did you eat that fruit? And like judged her for her choice, even though it was not a great choice in terms of what Heavenly Father had asked her to do. Right. Like it was a transgression. It was her being disobedient. Um, but it was also necessary. Right. Um, I'm actually just going to read what Eve says. Um, it's in verse 11 of Moses five it says, she says, were it not for our transgression, we never should have, have had a seed and never should have known good and evil and the joy of our redemption and the and eternal life, which God giveth unto all the obedient. Um, and I think something else to note is that, and I wish I could remember this scripture off the top of my head, but there's a couple of them where heavenly father talks about how, what we're doing right now, the choices we're making right now are the most important. Um, when we repent for something and we move on, that thing doesn't matter anymore. Like it's not counted against us anymore. Um, on the same note, if we do lots and lots of good things, but then we turn around and make a bunch of bad choices and we don't repent for those choices, those count against us, right? It's whatever we're doing right now. What is your heart doing right now? Where is your heart at right now? Um, in the present time. Um, and I think also, um, you know, in first Corinthians, one of the other scriptures that come finally recommends is first Corinthians 15, 22. It says for as in Adam, all die, even so in Christ shall all be made alive. And so I think it's again, important to note that sinning is while we don't want to do it, <laughs> it is something that is going to happen because of our human nature. And repentance isn't a bad word. Um, my husband actually taught a lesson in um, Sunday school today about this, about how repentance isn't, it's, a, it's not something bad. It's not something to be shamed. And yet for some reason, actually I know what the reason is, the reason is Satan, um, we feel shame when we need to repent or we feel the sense of pride when we think we don't need to repent because, oh, well, I didn't do anything bad this week. So, ha, ha, ha. Oh, look at Joe Schmo over there. He's got to go talk to the bishop. Oh, it sucks to be him, you know, and that's not the way it works. Um, my husband made the point that in repentance is when we come unto Christ. It's when we are our most humble and it's when we really lean on him. And that's the point. 
that's the point of us coming to the earth is to choose to follow Christ. And we can only do that through repentance. Um, but on that note, it's not all drudgery and misery. It's not all us making mistakes and, um, and then, you know, going through this grief process to, to fix them, you know, um, also, we have 2 Nephi 2.25, Adam fell that men might be and men are, that they might have joy. Um, I think sometimes we forget that we're allowed to have joy and we are supposed to seek out joy um, and that the joy that Heavenly Father offers us through his commandments is bigger and better than anything the world offers us. Um, so let's talk about application here. Um, I think the things that stuck out to me the most while I was studying this is to utilize repentance, to come closer to Christ, actively choose Christ every single day, every single minute sometimes. Um, listen to the Spirit. Listen to the Spirit. Act on those promptings that you get. Trust that Heavenly Father and Christ always, always, always have your best interest in heart, even when you don't understand it, even when you don't see it at that moment. And I just wanted to end with a question um, that the Come Follow Me asked. And I I just loved this so much, this idea, because um, one of the scriptures is um, that um, God doesn't do anything. He's never given us a commandment that is temporal. Um, let's see if I can find it. I put it right here. I even highlighted it. I remember highlighting it and I can't find it for some reason. Um, but he's never given us a temporal commandment. Everything that we have been given has been given um, to spiritually. Everything's been given spiritually. And so the, um, man, guys, I'm looking at this and I can't see where it is and it's making me a little bit sad because it was really good. Um, oh, here it is. So 29, so Doctrine and Covenants, uh, section 29 verses 33 through 34. Um, and in verse 34, he says, verily I say unto you that all things unto me are spiritual and not at any time have I given unto you a law which was temporal. Every single thing he has ever asked us to do is an eternal spiritual principle. It's, an, it's something that's going to affect us in the eternities. It's something that is given to us for spiritual reasons. It might have temporal bonuses, but it's given to us for spiritual reasons. And so this is the question that Come Follow Me asks that I wanted to end with. It says, what might change if you looked for spiritual meaning or purpose in your everyday tasks, even those that seem temporal or mundane. So immediately the things I thought of was like changing diapers and doing the laundry and doing the dishes. Like how on earth can I make these things spiritually? Like how did, how does this translate? Um, and in a lot of ways it trans for me, the way I thought of it was for me, it translates in terms of being, um, keeping order in my home and service. And, um, so I just wanted to leave you with that. Think about this week, 
as you're going through your daily tasks and you're thinking about, oh my gosh, this is so boring. I've done it 150 times. How can might this be spiritual? How might this be something that is giving me benefits spiritually? What is its purpose spiritually? Um, and I will talk to you next week. Also, I'd love to hear what you find. So go talk to me on Instagram or go talk to us um, at the email, which is naptimedevotionals at gmail.com. There's no spaces or anything funky on Instagram. It's at naptime underscore devotionals. And we'd love to hear from you either place.